Hello, this is Father Neil here, and welcome to the September 1st episode of the podcast, Catechism with Father Neil. Today we're going to look at numbers 2012 through 2016 of the Catechism. 4. Christian Holiness. Paragraph 2012. We know that in everything God works for good with those who love him. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brethren, and those whom he predestined he also called, and those whom he called he also justified, and those whom he justified he also glorified. 2013. All Christians in any state or walk of life are called to the fullness of Christian life and to the perfection of charity. All are called to holiness. Be perfect, as your Heavenly Father is perfect. In order to reach this perfection, the faithful should use the strength dealt out to them by Christ's gift, so that doing the will of the Father in everything, they may wholeheartedly devote themselves to the glory of God and to the service of their neighbours. Thus, the holiness of the people of God will grow in fruitful abundance, as as is clearly shown in the history of the Church through the lives of so many saints. 2014. Spiritual progress tends towards ever more intimate union with Christ. This union is called mystical because it participates in the mystery of Christ through the sacraments, the holy mysteries, and in him, in the mystery of the Holy Trinity. God calls us all to this intimate union with him, even if the special graces or extraordinary gifts of this mystical life are granted only to some for the sake of manifesting the gratuitous gift given to all. 2015. The way of perfection passes by the way of the cross. There is no holiness without renunciation and spiritual battle. Spiritual progress entails the assesses and mortification that gradually lead to living in the peace and joy of the Beatitudes. He who climbs never stops going from beginning to beginning, through though beginnings have that have no end. He never stops desiring what he already knows. 2016. The children of our Holy Mother, the Church, rightly hope for the grace of final perseverance and the recompense of God, their Father, for the good works accomplished by his grace in communion with Jesus. Keeping the same rule of life, believers share the blessed hope of those whom the divine mercy gathers into the holy city the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. So, we finish this section dealing with holiness. That this is, um, this is really what Christian life is about. Every Christian is called to be holy. That there was an attitude there before the Second Vatican Council that you had the idea that the everyday Christian would live the Ten Commandments, would go to Mass, would do the minimum, go to confession once in a while, avail of the sacraments, and that you had these professional Christians, these super-Christians, the priests and the nuns and the monks, and they were the ones that were called to true holiness. And obviously, the priests and the nuns and the monks are called to holiness. Yes. But it's totally wrong to say that everybody else is just going to be um, one of the one of the the crowd and isn't called to holiness. Every Christian is called to holiness. 
and it could be that somebody who's in the world, who has a job, who has a family, is more holy than a cloistered nun. That could be the case. But all of us are called to holiness where we are. That this is the... Um, this is this is Christian, Christianity. To live holiness, to live this life separated, separated for God. And some of the Protestant sects show us a little bit how this is. I mean, the Orthodox Jews by their way of dress and also then the, the Amish, who are a very fundamentalist, a very um, um, uh, low in the classification of Protestantism church, that um, doesn't have actually church buildings, doesn't have a, a clergy even, and yet they, they live in a way to show that they're consecrated to God by living differently to society around them. So it's not that uh, we as Catholics are called to live um, wearing different clothes or whatever, although unfortunately today by wearing modest clothes uh, it eliminates what an awful lot of people are wearing. But anyway, we won't even go down that, um, that road. But um, to see that uh, today we're called to live differently, that the Christian is called to live a holy life. Every Christian is called to live a holy life that is different to everybody else. And we're called to this life that is, um, that is perfect. To live a life of perfection, of holiness. And if we live with grace, if we have been justified and we cooperate with the grace of God, each one of us will live uh, really a, a beautiful life of perfection. Of perfection that brings us close to God and allows us even to get a foretaste of heaven here on earth. So we finish the section, so I'll read in brief, 2017. The grace of the Holy Spirit confers upon us the righteousness of God, uniting us by faith and baptism to the passion and resurrection of Christ. The Spirit makes us sharers in his life. 2018. Like conversion, justification has two aspects. Moved by grace, man turns towards God and away from sin and so accepts forgiveness and righteousness from on high. 2019. Justification includes the remission of sins, sanctification, and the renewal of the interior man. 2020. Justification has been merited for us by the passion of Christ. It is granted to us through baptism. It conforms us to the righteousness of God who justifies us. It has for its goal the glory of God and of Christ the gift of eternal life. It is the most excellent work of God's mercy. 2021. Grace is the help of God which gives us to respond to our vocation of becoming his adopted sons. It introduces us into the intimacy of the Trinitarian life. 2022. The divine initiative in the work of grace precedes, prepares and elicits the free response of man. Grace responds to the deepest yearning of human freedom, calls freedom to cooperate with it and perfects freedom. 2023. Sanctifying grace is the gratuitous gift of his life that God makes to us. It is infused by the Holy Spirit into the soul to heal it of sin and to sanctify it. 2024. Sanctifying grace makes us pleasing to God. Charism, special gifts of the Holy Spirit, are oriented to sanctifying grace and are intended for the common good of the Church. God also acts through many actual graces to be distinguished from habitual grace which is permanent in us. 
2025. We can have the merit in God's sight only because of God's free plan to associate man with his work of grace. Merit is to be ascribed in the first place to the grace of God and secondly to man's collaboration. Man's merit is due to God. 2026. The grace of the Holy Spirit can confer true merit on us by virtue of our adopted filiation and in accordance with God's gratuitous justice. Charity is the principal source of merit in us before God. 2027. No one can merit the initial grace, which is at the origin of conversion. Moved by the Holy Spirit, we can merit for ourselves and for others all the graces needed to attain eternal life, as well as necessary necessary temporal goods. 2028. All Christians are called to the fullness of Christian life and the perfection of charity. Christian perfection has but one limit, that of having none. 2029. If any man would come after after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Excellent. So we finish here and tomorrow we'll continue. And tomorrow we look at 2030 through 2034. God bless.